What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, a video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the table by Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. Bonjourno to you as well. How are you this fine day? Doing very excellent. Had one of the more successful days I've had in many, many months in Spilt Gut. Ooh, Cody, uh, nice. Snooty Boots and I were playing a lot of Split Gut yesterday. Split gate for those of you who don't know. I say split gate <laughs> don't know the clim- constantly. The, who so, don't know yeah. the Mogan nomenclature? Uh, split gate the other day, and like we were just on a tear. Nice. The first five to six games were pretty garbage, mm-hmm. and then we both took a break to go eat, and then we came back and just killed it the whole time. It nice. was like, oh, we were just hungry, just huh? Had to warm we just up. couldn't focus. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've gotten more cosmetics than I've ever gotten in that game because it's split miss. Not, they're oh, doing they're like doing a, an event. They're doing oh, a Christmas shit. I need event. To get on it so then. there's all kinds of like new rewards. And nice. Stuff. Okay, so I got to get in on this. You definitely need to get in on that because I I'm like, man, I forgot this is a super fun game. Yeah. Because I hadn't played in months, but yeah, split gate, nice. spilt gut. Still very excellent. Very you should nice, all play it. And nice. it's free. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, totally free. I want you, speaking of Splitgate and Splitgate adjacent. I will not adjacent. be playing Apex if that's what you're trying no, no, to No, 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 no. Was Cody trying to get you to play it? No, but he was telling me that you guys were playing and I was like, Cody, you're preaching to the wrong crowd here. <laughs> I will not be doing that. No, I, purely for comparison to Splitgate reasons. You should try Halo's multiplayer. Oh, yes. Okay, I probably actually will try Because it's free to play. Yeah. I've been having a blast with it. Yeah. I've actually was looking... Um, been gone a few days and and whatnot, but I've played twenty ish hours already. Wow, that's yeah. actually pretty impressive. So it's, I'm having a good old time. I haven't played the campaign yet. We'll say that that's coming later. We'll talk about that later. But um, the multiplayer, having a good old time. Awesome. With it. So yeah, I think just to like compare the two, you should you should try it out. For well, a I, I've never had anything against Halo. I just haven't really played it. So well, you've never yeah. had like and an I, Xbox. Yeah, I've never had yeah. an Xbox, so I just never had access. But I finally have a PC, so we'll also test how it runs on my laptop. There you go. I bet it runs fine. You have like a really nice laptop, It's right? a very nice laptop, but it, it struggles sometimes. So uh, we'll we'll see. It seems to do fine. Kick down those, those graphics does, to potato settings. It do were real loud when Ooh. it comes to split gate. It's like, I'm trying. You can do like an hour or 30 minutes at most. And it's like, please it's like no I'm more. Give doing me a break. My best. <laughs> uh, well, welcome again to this episode of Team Chat Podcast, where you can find each new episode Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time. Sorry, though, not this week again, because we had to adjust our schedule a little bit due to some travel I had over the weekend. But hey, you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, as well as watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links for all that are in the description below. In the description below, you can also find links for all of our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or you can just go to those sites, slash Team Chat Podcast, you know, whatever, and you'll find us. You can join our Discord server as well, where we have a lot of great conversations when we're not here recording the show with all of our, uh, with everyone on there. And finally, if you'd like to help make the show bigger and better, just like Elise F, Zach S, Mariah S, Susan M, James K, Ben W, Michael B, Future Rascal, Andrew M, Michael S, and Braden W have done, you can go over to patreon.com slash team chat podcast, whereas for as little as a dollar a month. You can support the show, and in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before their general Tuesday release, access to a private channel on our Discord server, the Rogues Gallery, and uh, even some extra little tidbits of goodness, such as emotes that we have on our discord and soon to be added to our Twitch channel as well. Uh, we have like what? Four five, six of them. We have six, six. Yeah. So, uh, patrons get two exclusive ones the and then, ones. and then everyone else, get, you know, gets access or, or two patron exclusive ones and everything else. Everybody else gets the ones that are not patron exclusive, but also, they're, they're pretty cool. It's not a reward tier yet, but you may have noticed that Jared mm. and I are rocking some brand new team chat branded <laughs> What's koozies. This? Branded koozies. They're beautiful. We have many, many thanks to give to Sam yeah. and her friend Caitlin mm-hmm. who made these for us. Special. Handmade them. So these are like special, you know, like founders edition yeah. koozies. We'll, we'll founders have to edition mass produced ones later. <laughs> the, the, it'll be like, it'll be like spelled wrong and people yeah. be like, oh. Oh, this is not what I ordered. These but no. are clearly not well made. <laughs> yeah, Sam's surprised us with these actually like right before we started recording and, what a wonderful and some Christmas like coffee gifts. tumblers too with yes, that branded also. Beautiful. They're awesome. So uh yeah. Who knows? Maybe eventually, maybe goal of new year, we'll actually get some merch up. Let us know if this is something you're interested in as like a patron award. So 
think about merch, everybody, and just let us know how you maybe, feel uh, about it. Yeah, maybe we make that a, a goal for next year maybe, in, uh, in 2022. Maybe. Or maybe not even a goal. We just set if, up and do it. If it's what we got a lot of fans want. out there. Yeah, and if it's not what they want, we're not going to make it. So if you want these sweet, sweet-ass koozies, you got to tell us. Let us know. Preferably on Discord where we will both see it. Join us. Links yeah. below. Or comment. All that good stuff. Yeah. But anyway... Thank you. But if you can't support the show that way, that's no big deal at all. That's totally fine. We understand. And you can there, but there are total a lot of ways that you can support the show for free, such as telling your friends, subscribing wherever you're listening to or watching the show, and writing us reviews, liking us on social media, all that good stuff. So to everyone, patron, viewer, listener alike, heart emojis. We love you all. Heart emoji. Thank you so much. Thank you, smooches. But before we jump into the moment with Mogan, a little bit of housekeeping. A little bit of housekeeping for everybody. In that this is going to be our last episode of the year. I should have given a little bit of a pause when I said last episode. Oh, God. Yeah, go. made, made it dramatic. Of the year. <laughs> but uh, because we are, it's about the holidays, we are going to be going off and we traveling. We do this every year. We do this every year. Take a little break to recharge and rest up before we jump right back into the new year and all the new games that it will hold. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be our last one. We'll take a break. Not sure when we'll return, but, I mean, probably pretty quick after the new year. So, maybe like the second week of January or something like that. I don't something know. We'll, like that. We'll, we'll let you, yeah, we'll yeah. let you we'll, all we'll know. Figure, figure it out. And when we do that, we will do like a fun combo episode of our, uh, 2021 wrap up. And then our most anticipated games of 2022. Everybody so likes those episodes. It's going to be a good yeah. old time, but until awesome. then, Let's get a little bit of news and what's coming out soon yes. in our moment with Mogan. So as of today on December, as of today's recording on yes. December 13th, uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon has come out for PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. Among Us is coming out on December 14th for PS5, Xbox Series, XNS, PS4, and Xbox One. This is the port, obviously. Mm-hmm. The Smurf. <laughs> the Smurfs oh, yeah, <laughs> Mission Relief Smurftastic Edition is coming to PlayStation 5. Why? But that's also out on December 14th. I'm begging everyone not to buy it. Don't encourage this behavior. Or do and let us know how it is. Yeah, God, we'd love to know. Alternatively, you can become a patron at the $50 tier and we will both <laughs> pl- we'll both play it and review it. Uh, Alien colon Isolation is out for iOS and Android on December 16th. Also on the 16th, Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. I forgot this was coming was out actually. <coughs> but this is for PC. Cool. So Remake Intergrade, which is like the little mini middle game that they're doing to bridge the divide between FF7 Remake Part 1 and eventual FF7 Remake Part 2. Mm. So Integrate is out for PC. Uh, Five Nights... Oh, yeah! Okay, one of the slightly more hype games for this year. I forgot it was coming out this late. Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach oh, yeah. is out on PlayStation 5, PS4, and PC on December 16th as well. And then rounding out really kind of the end of the year, this is pretty much the last big release until uh, January 2022 the gunk for xbox series x and s xbox one and pc also comes out on december 16th the gunk the gunk all right if it's not about mucus i'm not interested. i was about to say is this like something yeah. what you pick out under your fingernails Hang on, or something? let me let me get a little more uh, information on this well the box art is awesome that looks like a cool ass game oh does this look i familiar? remember hearing about what that is yeah this? it's <gasps> wait it I was kinda on a, remember this too. Because you go around and you're like cleaning up a bunch of stuff. You're yeah, like a, was this like an indie? You were like in a state of play or yeah, something like yeah. that. Like I remember seeing hearing about this before. I recognize that box art. Well, rated T for teen, so oh, yeah. For those mature audiences <laughs> those, out there. Well, not really, for the teen audiences. <laughs> All right, the gunk. Yeah, huh. What's the what's the little synopsis? The gunk stars Ronnie part of our duo of gritty space haulers struggling to make a buck as they chance upon an untouched planet brimming with life. They came in search of valuable resources, and it looks like they've hit the jackpot. The jackpot. Eerily similar premise to the first Pikmin game. Mm. <laughs> as, they, <laughs> as they uncover the dormant secrets of a shattered civilization, they must battle the curse of a toxic gunk parasite, all while getting caught in a spiral of festering mistrust. Uh, actually, that sounds like kind of kind of a cool concept. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like a pretty cool game, so I'm not going to write this one off. Looks neat. Love nice. the art. Looks like a sweet game. Very cool. Well, we're going to jump into our main topic of the day, which we got a little bit of a, of a double-stacked episode for you today because obviously as everyone knows the game awards just happened on december 9th and we gave our list of predictions for winners and 
some reveals and whatnot on our last episode. So we, of course, have to circle back, do a quick little recap. We're not going to go category by category. We're just going to share like our quick little, uh, go over the, the same categories we talked about in our predictions, yeah. talk about those winners, and then also like list our one, two favorite reveals that were shown yeah. off at during the awards. And then we'll jump on over into a little review of another game coming soon. Yeah. So we'll see about that. Well, it's out now. But well, no. I, mean, I mean, the review's coming soon <laughs> the later review's in The review's coming episode. in about 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, let's run through these Game Awards uh, winners. So we'll just start off right on the top. Game of the Year was gone, was given to It Takes Two. Which... Oh, Bird's getting real relaxed out there. She's just moaning and groaning. <laughs> Birdie just made it. Th- I think she had opinions <laughs> about It Takes Two being Game of the Year. So here's the thing. I don't agree because I wanted it to be Metroid Dread, mm-hmm. but... I actually kind of like that it was It Takes Two instead of the obvious pick of Deathloop. Yeah. Because It Takes Two really kind of is an underdog game. Right. It's a weird concept, and the fact that they were able to execute it well enough to even be nominated, let alone let alone win, good for them. Well, and like sure. I, the point that I made, too, in our predictions episode uh, was that it's really cool to see, though, that It Takes Two and Deathloop both can have like couch co-op or not, maybe not couch co-op, but just like co-op yeah. and everything like that. And the, and like it takes two. That's its main focus. Yeah. That you like, I'm so not, that's can very, you play the game single player. I think you can, I think, but I've no, yeah, but still it's why like, would it, you do yeah, that? the main experience is going to be through yeah. playing it co-op. So that's, that's honestly pretty cool Yeah, uh, to me. So th- that was really cool. I was surprised it was, it takes two. Yes, because, Deathloop seemed to be cleaning up in yeah, every Death other Loop category. Yeah, swept like every yeah. other category. It got, it got a lot of stuff. The one surprise that I, and I was going through the list of winners earlier, Ratchet and Clank didn't get anything. It didn't. And I think, so Ratchet and Clank didn't, and neither did uh, Psychonauts 2. I don't think Psychonauts which, did too, did Which either. is a crime. So we'll talk more about Psychonauts 2 in a couple of categories because there's one in particular where it's like, okay, fuck that noise. So Psychonauts 2 <laughs> should have taken it. Yeah. So that was game of the year. Uh, best game direction also went to Deathloop. Best narrative went to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which... Boo. I, I just know <laughs> nothing other than just like, I've heard it's a good game. So I don't Lame. really have any thoughts Should have been True Colors. Hashtag True Colors got robbed. Yeah. 2021. Art direction was Deathloop. This one. So the category of art direction. Why? Uh, so, so some people on our own Discord, uh, Ark and, and um, AJ, also made this point of like, Psychonauts 2, like that's the whole point of the game, right. is the sweet art direction. And someone said that they feel like maybe the judging, like the panel of judges got confused about, okay, graphics versus art direction. Right, pretty. And and I agree with that because, yeah, Death yeah. looks like a great game. It's super awesome, looks super sleek, plays great. I've always liked the style that Arcane kind of goes with for, yeah. their, for their world building. No complaints about that, but it should have been Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts, Psychonauts is 2, just like... Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like it's really trippy looking. Like it's the characters have very spectacular. Yeah, and that's like the whole point of art direction is to make something that is beyond the beaten path, mm. like to forge new roads sure. on like the the artistic value of games. And I feel like Psychonauts two m- did that much better. So Psychonauts two got robbed twenty twenty one hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, best score of music, you hit it right on the head. Near Replicant version 1.2474487139 was the winner. Which again, good for them. Near's soundtrack is easily the best one, but it's a remake. Yeah. And I don't support it having even have been <laughs> nominated, but good for them because Near's music is just stellar. Uh, let's see. What are the other ones that we talked about? Best indie game. Thank God it went to Kana. Thank God it went to Kana. As uh, did best I- debut indie game. Yeah, it did. Which I don't understand why those two categories were separate. Because I guess you could still like an independent studio could still release the game that's better, but like that still is like the the indie debut is yeah. obviously like the first game of that studio. I just wonder, could it not have been expanded then to just best debut game? Potentially, but I think. Maybe there just aren't enough that aren't indies. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, best and there was they were totally different games too. Yeah. Um there was not much crossover. No. Indie game had 12 minutes, Death's Door, Kana, Inscription, and Loop Hero. Best debut game had Kana, Sable, The Artful Escape, Forgotten City, and Valheim. Mm-hmm. So I think it I think it works in both. But yeah. I was very happy to see Kana yeah, take thank those. God. I was disappointed though that it didn't get our direction. Yeah. Because well, like I said, it's I understand your points about Psychonauts. Kana also had it had the like 
outstanding world and look, and also the, ooh, this is the, pretty. The graphic chutzpah, you yeah, might say. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, and then let's One of the see. winners that I fully supported, best action adventure game, yes. went to Metroid Dread. Yes, So that was I great. think that is one of the most on the nose, like, who, who else could it truly have been? Right. It had to be Metroid Dread, so good for that. And then best action game went to Returnal, which I thought was really fun. Thank God. Like, I really, if Returnal was nominated for a few of these categories, but not many. I mm. was really glad to see it win because I feel like, you know, in when it comes to award shows, the memory of when did something come out in the yeah. year kind of does play a factor. And Returnal was pretty early. Returnal was early. It was like March of this year. So I feel like it kind of had a, a, a bigger hill to climb yeah. to get to some of those nominations and wins. I agree. And then uh, just because we mentioned it and, and how mad we would have been had it won, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, rest easy, everyone, did not win did Best not RPG. Win. That went to Tales of Arise. Which, I gotta say, I was quite shocked by that one. Because a Tales game, like, I've, I've don't, I have not played any Tales games. I was just very surprised that Tales won over Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah. I, I was pretty, pretty gobsmacked by that. I'm not upset because, again, I love seeing underdogs win, and I feel like the Tales series is definitely an underdog in the West mm -hmm. up against something like Monster Hunter. So, congratulations. You done it, Tales of Arise. And then I know you suffered a disappointment in Best Family Game that did not go to Pokemon Snap. It instead went to It Takes Two again. Pokemon Which Snap. Which makes sense being that it was the one that got went, robbed went to the game of the year. 2021 hashtag. How many different hashtags are we up to now? A lot. Three. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I totally could not disagree more. I feel like Pokemon Snap was the clear winner. Yeah. Shame on them. But anyway, those are the big ones that we talked about last week, and we want to just kind of circle back on this one to let you all know how they panned out. But the other big part of the Game Awards and part of what makes it last three hours long oh is that there are a lot of reveals. I do have to say, I know that the show is about, is like a mix of, and I feel like we talked about this last year, it is a mix of honoring the games and like celebrating these games that came out in the last year and giving the awards. And the other half of it is doing these big reveals and big announcements, you know, a la E3. But it really does feel a little off when at like two and a half hours in, Jeff Keighley comes on and reads through like seven awards all at once. I, I, so like glad just, you brought this just up. Like fire, just like just fires I them off. hate that. It's not just that. So like there were definitely points of that where he would just like read off random winners and it's like right in a row. Just and the, like the you people said. wouldn't get to go up and, and talk. And nobody they, got to talk. Yeah. They didn't even show like images of the, of the devs or the yeah. games themselves. And he would just read them off. The worst one is that on the tail end of some of the awards actually being announced as as like footage was being shown of people standing up in the crowd to come up to the stage and accept their award mm -hmm. like a narrator announcer would be like oh also so and so won the category of so and so they did that with Kana they they did that for, with Kana for uh, best indie they said oh they've also won best yeah, indie it's debut like, what the fuck yeah. what? like that's the one that gets me because not only did they not get to go up on stage and even if they weren't there they could have still submitted a video at you know acceptance or something yeah. so that made me really mad and i feel like they can and should cut back on the reveals to make more time. It's it's the time to celebrate the industry. Exactly. And I feel like they're not doing. We that have enough. E three, and that's when we yeah. get you know that's when we get the stuff. I mean, not saying we can't overhype these games enough because yeah. it's cool to see what comes out, but just like. I don't know. It's called the Game Awards. It's called not the, the Game, game Reveals. Yeah, like I wanted to actually see more about these games and like get some of those cute moments of people being really, really hyped that their game actually won something. Yeah. Kana could have done that. So Twice. I, they I, only got to do I was super mad about that. But anyway, even though we have some chagrin towards these uh, reveals, there were some pretty sweet ones. So let's. What were was one of your? favorite reveals from the game awards well i'm blanking on all of them now that you've asked okay, me and not well, here helped, we go here's not a, shown me the list here's a list well it's a long list we got suicide killed the justice league looks cool we'll get on that one later yeah we'll talk about that one later Wonder keep going one. keep going ah uh, here we go so alan, alan wake 2 i am excited about but to call it a reveal is really kind of not even it, it was the barest amount of just showing Alan Wake's face in like a tiny, tiny 15 second trailer. But I, th I still think for fans of the game, it's been 10 years since the last one. And I yeah. think that was one of the cooler reveals. Like, yes. Hey fans, here you go. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Sam That's Lake was true. there to be able to talk about it too. Um, 
Yes. This so, was one of the more like super impressive ones. I, that I we do want to talk about Senua's Sacrifice, Hellblade, excuse me, Senua's Saga, mm-hmm. Hellblade 2. Uh, I honestly, so I was in class while these were happening. <laughs> so I was trying to do two things at once, but I managed to catch a good amount of, because this was more a gameplay reveal. Right. Like because we'd already gotten stuff. trailers before and like hype for Hellblade 2, but not gameplay. And this was that. And I was really intrigued. Oh, man. It looks so good. It looks amazing like just how for those who didn't watch it, it was like they get the senua and her and her uh clan of, of warriors and everything are going into this cave to i guess like kill this giant that resides inside of it was it just me or did it really 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 look like hella from the first game it kind of did yeah I kinda, so maybe like, it's like i couldn't uh, figure out if it was supposed to be hella or mm, not i don't think so because i've I feel like it was just a giant. Yeah. Okay. I Maybe that like, was just my misinterpretation. But I mean, Hella was also then. massive, and yeah. so Hella was hella massive and bald, <laughs> and, and like yeah. all gross and creepy. And so. this and this one was, and so it's like they go in there, they sneak up on it, and like try to light it on fire and all this, but then it wakes up and shit just goes south. Yeah. And it was just both graphically. Uh, amazing, Just a spectacle. as beautiful as the first one, yeah, if but not more, more so. has to yeah. be more, because now it's running on the power of you know the Xbox Series oh, X and S and all that jazz. But then it was just also terrifying. Like how this like giant slow crawling through, just decimating her men that are with her. She's running and starting to freak out. And then it's like, but it seemed like she was hearing something with her furies in her yeah. mind and everything about like, it's, it's coming for you, it wants you and everything. Oh, it looked Yes, awesome. it looks awesome. So cannot wait for this one, even though I will have to... Uh, eventually, they'll probably put it on PC, right? I think it's going to launch both. Oh, thank God. Okay, sweet. <laughs> yeah, you'll be good to go. Uh, we got to see more of Elden Ring. We saw the Sonic 2 movie trailer as well for the Sonic Frontiers game. Yeah. Uh, Slitterhead, which was coming a new game coming from the creator of si- uh, Silent Hill. Which, very excited to see that they're making new IPs yeah. because Silent Hill has been going on for what feels like 10,000 years. So that's interesting. Honestly, I do want to talk about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. This looked so fun. I have played no Borderlands games. Not even have I not played them. I have always looked at them and thought, ugh, not for me. <laughs> what, like, just because of the gameplay style, just the like graphics? The gameplay, the... the graphics, really kind of all of it. Yeah, yeah, Mostly yeah. the gameplay has never really attracted me that much, but the the incredibly... I, I fully agree that the graphics are very, very interesting, mm. and I love seeing a new style like that. Those like Don't heavy like lines. it. Yeah, don't love it. Don't love this sort of extreme comic book-esque style. It's not really my cup of tea, but this game looks fun because it's not just like, oh, it's a greedy desert wasteland, which that's always been what put me off about Borderlands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The characters look interesting. The world looks boring. Mm. This looks awesome. It looks so fun. It's full of all kinds of fantastical wild stuff, and I think the premise is that Tiny Tina is like DMing a a knockoff Dungeons and Dragons game, right? It's kind of what I got the feeling That's how they made it seem in the trailer. Again, I was only half able to really listen, but I was like, okay, that looks cool. So if there were ever a Borderlands game that I might actually play, it's this one. And I I mean, also, Tiny Tina's voiced by Ashley Birch. Yes. Lover. And then Will Arnett's going to be in the game too as like the villain. (laughs) And I got to say, normally on any award show, the... Inter- on stage interactions of like people when they try to do like a bit about or something like that. It's a that. little cringe. It's a little, a little it's, cringe. Yeah, a little cringe, a little like unnatural and just kind of and feels like it's forced. I gotta say, Will Arnett and Ashley Birch on stage were great together. Like well, I they, think that's because they're real actors. I mean, no, but I even mean like I don't know why I but, even said that. Voice <laughs> actors are real actors. My bad. No, everyone. Like I mean, even on like I'm talking about even like on the Academy Awards and, and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Like movie yeah, and, yeah, and film, yeah. you know, TV actors and stuff like that. They'll get on there. And just kind of be like, this is really awkward. Yeah. But they had fantastic just like uh, chemistry together on the stage. Also, it was awesome. I don't know who Will Arnett is, but I did notice that Devin Banks from 30 Rock was there. <laughs> so I assume that's who you're talking about. <laughs> that is the role that I will oh, always so associate with Banks. Will Arnett. It's either Devin Banks or like the brother whose name I don't even remember Job? from Skates of what, oh. Blades of Blades of Fire, Blades of Blades Fury. Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. I thought you were going to say Job from uh, Arrested Development. No, 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 no. I've only seen Blades of Glory like one time, I think. (laughs) I need to watch it again. The one to two times I've seen it, I remember just laughing my ass off. (laughs) So I'll have to watch it again eventually. Um, another one of mine that caught my attention was Ark Raiders. Uh, This one's coming from former DICE and Battlefield developers. And it just looks, well, for one, we got a lot of gameplay in it from the trailer. 
which was nice to see not just it wasn't just a cinematic trailer it was some cinematic with hey here's how the game is actually gonna play and all that stuff it looks super fun it's player versus environment so it looks like you're gonna be able to go you know team up with your friends and take on the perils of this new world and everything i gotta give the trailer though and it also has like this cool um like i would kind of describe the the feel of it with like the font and then even like the uh like the logo for it looks very nineties VHS nineties video store. And I'm very here for that vibe. Huh. This um, one may have been one of the trailers that I wasn't able to catch because this does not look, nor does it sound familiar. Oh, so I don't think well, I saw it looks, it looks pretty cool. Like it's got, so it's got this like really cool looking world. It's like you're the earth's been destroyed. You're fighting like some, or this planet has been destroyed. You're fighting some force that keeps sending robots to kind of take you down. Uh, but then like one of the, the coolest parts about this, because I like honestly, I love the song. And it's a just a straight up bop. Is the soundtrack to this trailer was Robin's dancing on my own? Oh, I caught the oh very God. end and of this. It was so fun seeing oh, it in okay. this in yeah, this yeah, trailer. Yeah. But like, look look here at the end with the uh, when the the logo comes up. Oh, this okay. looks so just like nineties, like what you would see a box on a nineties yeah, VHS. It does. <laughs> it does. I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I'm right. sold. This sounds more familiar. I probably only caught the last fifteen seconds of this. Ah, but that one, that one looks super fun. Yeah. Um, I really think that was probably it of the big ones, except for my absolute top reveal. That was good. Oh, oh yeah. Wait, Come, real quick. Real quick. Do, we do have to sidetrack. So even though I don't really care about the DLC, I do want to talk about at least the reveal for the official Cuphead DLC. Yes. The, the, the delicious last course is finally dropping. Again, I don't care about the DLC. I probably will not play it. But man, they did a live musical bit yes. to, to reveal Very this fun. game with like three real singers all decked out in like authentic looking 20s flapper, flapper outfits. Mm-hmm. What a performance. Easily one of the best ones of the show and there were some good ones oh yeah so uh what a delightful reveal even if you don't care about cuphead just go watch that for the awesome soundtrack and the great performance 10 out of 10 and it was fun in the trailer and i made the comment in the in our discord as we were doing our watch along and uh where like a lot of the trailer was and because I, I forgot, honestly, when I was watching this, this was supposed to be the DLC for the original game. And I was like, oh, man, it's Cuphead 2. Yeah, I thought it was and a so, second one also. Because, um, I mean, it's been a few years since Cuphead came out. It's been a while. But um, it had several parts of this were in Claymation. And I was like, oh, my God. Stop motion they, These claymation. fools did it. Like, what if they follow up Cuphead, which is done, you know, in this very old, like, 1940s uh, or earlier, and, you know, cartoon animation style. What if they followed this up with Cuphead 2 being completely claymation? That yeah. would have been amazing. It would have but been then, amazing. I mean, it's still amazing. It's still going to be a fun time for those who are looking well, forward to playing what it. was that old, old fighter game? Maybe it was Primal? There's an old fighter game that was claymation. Oh, wow. They anim- they claymated f- a fighting game. Yeah. And it's like legendary for that reason. But I don't think it was actually very good, question mark. Uh. But people loved it because it was amazing. Anyways, yeah. So that's pretty much everything that we really cared about. Do um, you want to give a quick shout out? For the, for except one for more. one thing. But one before more. we get there, I still think Forspoken looks really cool. Yes. I still feel like I don't fully understand what the game is about. Same. But I think that's fine. I think it looks like it's coming along and it just looks like a sweet game. So, but Milgan, I did see this one and you had to call me out because this is like the one I missed. I was online and you weren't. And I was like, where the fuck is Jared? He was just (laughs) here. Where is he? We were like, we had like, we were like four minutes from finishing an episode that we were watching on TV before this, they started. And we had like, so we were like, all right, let's finish this up real quick. And then I'll jump on and watch the rest. And it was like the worst. (laughs) They played the out standing trailer for star Wars eclipse, the game, the new star Wars game that quantic dreams will be developing. Uh, quantic dream is the developer behind Detroit become human. For those of you that don't know, uh, this trailer granted, I know this is a early, uh, like it's early in development. They're saying that. So it's going to be no gameplay. It's going to be years. It's pure CGI, uh, cinematic, but, one of the best trailers I've, pro- I mean, granted it's for star Wars. So that does a lot to it. Yeah. You're a very, you don't trust Jared, everybody. He's a biased source, <laughs> but Holy hell. 
This trailer was incredible. It was. And I I honestly think that a big part of why it was so incredible was the killer percussion line. Oh my god. Oh, the 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 percussion in this trailer, the music in general was incredible. And the uh percussionists, like the the drummers in question were actually featured as part of the trailer, like they were animated at certain parts. Yeah. I wish they would just animate a whole musical show featuring a sweet ass drum line. <laughs> That's well, what I'm here for. And this one was like, it was obviously this like mysterious alien race that we're, we don't really know. The game is set in the new High Republic area that Star Wars is kind of focusing on in a lot of their novels and comic books and stuff like that. So it's cool to see that this is going to go uh, even into that. This is supposed to be, I believe, set ish, set around 50 years before The Phantom Menace. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be awesome. Like yeah. in just from all the different like locations they showed off, uh, alien races and everything out there. Uh, and it just, it, and it also like, like they didn't make this seem like this is going to be a happy star Wars game. No, no, it, no. Like it seems dark. Yeah. It seems it's going to be gritty. And if you go to the star Wars eclipse.com, like I have done now many times, you can check out a little bit where they give a little bit more information about the game. It's going to be, you know, similar to kind of like how Detroit, uh, become human style, multiple character, like branching storylines that you get to follow. And uh, that part has me interested yes. because Detroit become human and games like it are easily some of the most interesting narratives that you can get in gaming. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a star Wars fan. I like right. star Wars right, right, right. just fine. Do I have a room full of star Wars paraphernalia? <laughs> no, I, do, <laughs> I don't own any star Wars paraphernalia. Wait, do I? Anyways, that's not the point. The point is, even I am not that big of a Star Wars fan, and I still found this trailer very exciting. Yes, whatever it's be a game good time. comes of this, if there, if ever there were a Star Wars game I might actually play, it is easily this one. So we're gonna hold you to. We'll it. see. I mean, in the five <laughs> years until it comes out, oh yeah, out, right? it's gonna be it's like gonna be. This is it's this is a long time. I'm calling it right now. Conspiracy theory. I'll be theory. forty. This <laughs> is gonna be your Metroid Prime Four. Yes. We're going to be waiting 20 years for any news and everyone's going to be like, is it canceled on Google? And people are going to be like, not technically, but yeah. <laughs> my only, my, my like one thing about this that does that I'm kind of like, come on. I mean, we knew Quantic Dream was going to be making this game because they, I think they announced it back in September. I want to say that Quantic Dream was going to be making this one. It's kind of frustrating that it's going this route because like Quantic Dream has is going through some of its own issues with uh, accusations of se of like oh, sexism and and, and and some harassment oh. and stuff like that. So that's like that's, that's a why why people got to be raining on everybody else's parade by harassing people. I know. Just stop, stop, stop. Game developers so, twenty twenty one hashtag. Yeah, there, it's been going on for a few years now. So it's like that really uh, that sucks. Yeah. I actually, I mean, it's I like guess it's because a, it's like why did you partner with them? I guess because there there's so many of these scandals happening pretty much across the industry right now which, that I just didn't sucks. hear about this one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. definitely like puts a, a dark cloud, a dark cloud yeah. over it. Yeah, that for sucks. sure. Because that's like, it's like, you know, you get, you want to support the devs making the game because you know, they're, they're people, they're not the ones doing the bad stuff, yeah. but still it's like, at the end of the day, you do have to hold these companies accountable. Yeah, so. but from from a pure perspective of, I'm just glad it's not another EA made Battlefront. -esque oh, I'm game. so glad it's not EA Any, making it because yeah, like EA's had issues else. with getting their stuff. Except for Jedi Fallen Order too. That game was amazing. I mean, Jedi Fallen Order. That game was awesome uh, because respawn they let respawn handle. That's it. That's true because that wasn't EA. That was respawn. I mean, EA was the publisher, <laughs> but still. Anyway, uh, lots of stuff going on there. But yeah, Star Wars Eclipse. It, it looks, looks fantastic. Cool. It does it looks look really very cool. cool. I'm excited to see what else it becomes and how it it what it turns into. So all we have to all do, I have to do is just wait five is billion hope years. and pray that they release a completed playable game. Yes, that's all. On I'm, release that's day, all that'd be we're great. For. I'll take delays all day a long. A game that's playable on release day. You can have some glitches, preferably the funny ones. Everybody likes those, mm -hmm. uh, but none of the bad ones. Please. <laughs> Right. Yeah, just get the get the fun <laughs> glitches in. Everybody wants a horse that can climb mountains vertically. Nobody wants the rest of this crap. Giants that send you flying. Yeah, into the, air. the fun stuff. Skyrim. Leave the fun stuff in. <laughs> Alrighty, but yeah, I think that was pretty much our uh, our overall thoughts of the game awards. Speaking of the Skyrim death by giants, yeah. the same mechanics happened to me yesterday in Split Gut. Oh, really? Like somebody just normally shot me dead, but for whatever reason, it skyrocketed <laughs> me into the stratosphere. It was on the level called... Um, 
I'm making the motion. High wind? Dominion? Dominion. I think it is Dominion the one with like the central pillar in the middle that you can get over to and it's great for sniping. Yes. Also, during Splitmas, there are Christmas trees in all of the levels and they're all covered in snow. That's so fun. You should play I it. need to play some Anyways, I think it was on Dominion. Yeah, you're right, you're right. So there's that part of Dominion that kind of like partially covers the ceiling like a stadium would. The only thing that stopped me from going into the stratosphere was I hit the ceiling and then my body came <laughs> yeah, back that's down. That's funny because you're not, there's not grenades in and that. And I was like, this, this is hilarious. Or and frag grenades. That, that's the point is that everybody likes that. Everybody <laughs> likes it when your body goes flying. All games should include those mechanics on purpose. They shouldn't even be accidents. Very true, very true. Anyways. Well, we've wrapped up our talking about the Game Awards, but Mogan has prepared another special review for us of a game that she's been able to play recently. Yes. And what game is that? We will keep this a little bit short because it's a shorter game in the first place, and I don't want to basically, you know, talk too much about it and make it sound boring. (laughs) So I want to talk about Solar Ash. Oh, yeah. So this is one of those indie games that they maybe started hyping up, what, about two years ago? Maybe one to two years ago? Sounds about right. Uh, Two years ago might even be long. I I feel feel like the... Maybe a year ago. Was it this year, though? It was a Nintendo Direct that I feel like I heard about it the first time. Blah, and I feel blah, like blah, it might have been earlier this year. Development? Game was first announced as... Oh, that's right. Okay, so originally, and this was before I heard of it, Solar Ash was originally announced in 2019 as Solar Ash Kingdom. Ah, it had a different name. Okay. So that was super, super early on in the process. And then I think they eventually announced it as just Solar Ash in uh, 2020. Okay. So in June of 2020, they announced it as part of a, I think maybe a Sony state of play or something like that uh, for PS4 and PS5. And they had retitled it to just Solar Ash, which good move. I feel like that's one of the title changes that I'm like, yeah, that's uh, that's better. Every, yeah, that, that's it's, a better name. I like that. Uh, the game is developed by a developer, Heart Machine, who are best known for Hyperlight Drifter. And mm. it's published by Annapurna Interactive. Very famous for partnering with any indie developer they can get. <laughs> their hands on yeah Annapurna is just out here like got a weird idea for a crazy game we want to hear about let it. us know let us know we want to work with you so Annapurna Annapurna Interactive is the publisher Heart Machine is the developer the premise of Solar Ash and this is always what drew me to it is that it's always built itself as a movement based game like movement and flow have always been the focus in addition to having some awesome sweet looking graphics Mm -hmm. so a lot of people i think will disagree with me and be like it looks terrible because they're basic triple a bitches and they don't know (laughs) what cool games can look like so the graphics are definitely not for everybody it's kind of that it's a mix between not fully being what i would call low poly but also not high res like it's kind of right in the middle of all the structures are extremely bold and blocky. The colors are so saturated and vibrant that it gives everything very sharp, hard edges. Mm-hmm. Uh, the characters, to a certain extent, are also like def- medium poly. It's not low poly. It's not high poly. It's medium poly. Yeah. Things are a little rounded, but they're still kind of blocky in their movements, which sure. I find very charming, and I actually love low poly games, so I'm perfectly fine with that. So from a visual standpoint, Solar Ash has always been really interesting to me, and they definitely played this up in the trailers, which are very cool looking. If you haven't seen any of the Solar Ash trailers, go look them up because they're awesome. It does look very fun. So the reason that the game is so weird and wonky looking is that solar ash and this is going to include some light spoilers so i'm not i'm not going to be talking about any end game stuff but we're going to be talking about a few story beats so just prepare yourselves for that so solar ash takes place in a place called the ultra void which any game that's like we're going to make up a bunch of weird ass words and just string them together and be like (laughs) have fun friends i like that kind of sci-fi fun stuff where they just sprinkle in random crap and you're like yeah okay whatever the ultra void the ultra void is apparently a black hole realm. It's like kind of a weird dimension that seems to exist within a black hole. Mm -hmm. And it's basically made up of all of the other things that the Ultra Void is slowly sucking up. So like entire worlds, entire planets that have been sucked into the Ultra Void, if you go into it, they're kind of still in there, but they're slowly being disintegrated and they're slowly being destroyed and falling apart the Mm. further and further they get into the Ultra Void. So Q, uh, main character, 
Ray. I wanted to say Ash. <laughs> so I was like, Ash, catch him from Pokemon. Is there, He's is the there one. name Ash Solar? Uh, yeah, I so I think it's Ash Sun. <laughs> no, it, it's Ray. <laughs> so you are playing as title character Ray. She is a void runner. So Ray comes from a planet of people that I. It is unclear at what point they developed void tech, as they call it. Did they do it because the ultra void was on a path for them? Mm -hmm. Or did they happen to already have the technology and then they were like, wow, what a coincidence. (laughs) Here comes this ultra void. We've already got all this sweet void tech. Man, good thing we funneled all of our research and development money into this. (laughs) But Ray is coming from a planet of void runners. Uh, Not everybody on their planet is a void runner, but that's where they all come from. Uh, And they're going into the ultra void on purpose to try and save their planet. They're trying to destroy the Ultra Void because their world is within the Ultra Void's path and they fully know that their world is doomed if they don't do something. In fact, if you actually bother to look up into the sky while you're in the Ultra Void, Ray's planet is right up there. It's like, oh, close. It's looking close. (laughs) We got to really do something about this. So the whole gist is that Ray and a team of Void Runners have basically launched themselves into the Ultra Void, and they are going to activate something called the... The... The Star Tower. I don't, it's definitely (laughs) not what it's called, but I'm close because it's this big spire looking thing that they apparently launched into the Ultra Void and it's kind of sticking out of the ground and it looks like a giant tower. Sure. And they're going to activate a bunch of conduits which will power the Star Tower. It's going to kill me not to know what it's called. I like, I, I, I'll I'll look it up. Yeah, you look it up. They talk about it. I, I know it's definitely in there. All right, they're going to cut the thing, the thing we try, blah, blah, blah. All right, it doesn't say it in the Wikipedia, so I'll I'm just going to have to blaze over you that. While you're, while you're going. Anyways, they're trying to activate the star tower because they're pretty sure that when they do, it will release enough energy to destroy the Ultra Void. So that's their plan. They're going around, they're trying to activate these conduits to power up the star tower to destroy the Ultra Void. The problem is that things in the Ultra Void are really, really weird. And it might even kind of be changing the people and places that get sucked into it. Mm. So Ray is all on her own when she arrives. You get the gist that um, everybody kind of arrived as part of their own pods, more or less. Sure. And Ray's on her own. So she gets there and the movement is like begins right off the bat. There's really kind of no formal tutorial exactly the game tells you what to do to a certain extent but i would say that as far as tutorial goes solar ash is very very light-handed on that okay to the extent that i kind of forgot some of the controls and i was like wish i had some sort of tutorial to help me with this i feel like i'm missing something i did eventually realize what i was missing later and i was like oh yeah but you did you have to find it yourself or was there a tutorial to show you figure it out myself Mm, and it's actually because i pushed a button on accident way later on and i was like (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) so your whole uh point star seed the star seed i was so close okay (laughs) i knew it was star something just couldn't remember what the star seed so they're trying to activate the star seed and save their planet from the ultra void uh so the way that you get around is the ultra void itself is such a fun location and really the setting is a big part of what makes the game interesting Mm -hmm. ray is a protagonist take her leave her she's fine she's a basic protagonist she's on a mission she kind of really doesn't have that much personality voiceless protagonist actually she does have a voice and honestly it's a pretty basic voice it's not that interesting it's she she does a good job it's just like eh. Well, this could be anybody. It's like every war movie you ever you've ever seen, sure. where it's like that's the same protagonist. Yeah, this is the same person <laughs> as every other war movie. That's right. fine, I guess. So Ray is very basic, but she does the job of narrating the game for you, and you learn things through her. Uh, but the world of the Ultra Void is fascinating because the best way I can describe it is like a surrealist dreamscape. There's no floor mm-hmm. to the Ultra Void, and there's no real end to it it's just kind of this big sprawling expanse of clouds more or less so there's just these blue clouds rolling all over the place that act as your floor Mm -hmm. and you never really make contact with them but through ray's void tech she kind of activates her magical skate boots and she just goes skating along on the clouds it's like 
Sweet. I like that. Everybody's a fan of this. This is fun. So you skate around on the void, and then eventually you do run into pieces of civilizations that are being actively destroyed by it. And that's where you get more into the really interesting architectural aspects of the game. Because there's buildings. There's whole buildings and temples and railway stations, and they're all just kind of lumped in here Mm willy-nilly. And you can go around and like it's like a giant skate park made out of decaying civilizations, Mm. which is very fun that is cool so in addition to like your basic just sort of skating around on flat ground uh once you get to things that are more built up there's also rails so there's a bunch of rails that you can jump onto and then you do like an automatic rail grind to get other places you build up crazy speed very fun you can obviously jump so if you're grinding the rails and then you like go down and then up like a roller coaster, you get crazy air and then you just get to keep going. You also very importantly have a grapple hook. So as you're making a way around the void, the point, the whole point is to build up momentum, seamlessly get through the levels and use everything available to you to make that seamless movement happen. So is it more like the object of each, you're accomplishing these objectives as you play through the levels, but yes. is it also like you're trying to set a timed like okay there's no time there are no limits the certain areas of the map are closed off until you eventually unlock them so it's not exact it's not an open world experience there's specific areas of the map that you are supposed to go to to figure things out now as you progress you can go back to them to get things like collectibles or maybe find some stuff that you didn't find before which is nice i I like that ability to be to be able to backtrack with no issues Uh, but as far as like it's not an open world it does have some very, very, very light puzzling aspects to the extent that I would not call them puzzles. Mm. So this is not a brain breaker. The game really Good. kind Sounds of... Sounds like the yeah, game for me. <laughs> the game really pretty much tells you minimally, like just through little markers and objectives, I need you to go over there. Mm. And it's like, okay, sweet, I'm off. Here I go. And you just skate over there and then you see what happens. Now, the combat in, uh, in, in Solar Ash is extremely minimal as well for the most part. There are little void creatures living in the void that will attack you if you get close enough to them, but it's not like hordes of enemies are actively looking for you. You just kind of have to dodge. They're more like obstacles. If you get to a certain area and it's got some enemies in it, you either have to dodge them or you have to actually kill them, which Ray does have like a very basic slash, 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 and then they die. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has a weapon that kind of looks like a syringe, but there's no canister on it it looks like the point of a syringe or maybe a big needle okay it looks like a big old needle or something like that so she's got a weapon she can defend herself but for the most part the enemies are largely just obstacles to be gotten past you're not killing them to get anything yeah there's no xp there's no real leveling up exactly you're just getting through them to get to the next point again the movement is the point Mm. So as far as what are you doing then in each of these levels, you're trying to obviously activate your star seed. So you have to activate power points to go blah, blah, blah. You get the gist. Yeah. But then at the end of each level, more or less, once you've done X, Y, Z things, you've almost certainly woken up like a giant. Ah. And I don't remember. Troublesome giants. Troublesome giants. The game calls them something. What does the game call them? Hold on. I feel like it's echoes or... Remnants! It's remnants. I remembered it. It's remnants. Okay. Uh, They are called remnants. Uh, Remnants of what? Who knows? Of the void. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. basically they're like remnants of the void. And I would very much liken these battles, because these are essentially boss battles, to Shadow of the Colossus. Ah. Shadow of the Colossus light. Because again, you're not, like you kind of fight stuff, but not really. The movement is still the point. So the scale of the battles, though, is why I call it like Shadow of the Colossus light. Because you do actually, they're giant. They're the size of buildings and bigger. And you have to actively get onto them. Them, scale their bodies and then raise void tech allows her to see weak points of course so you have to grapple around you have to skate grapple and jump around on the enemy hitting its weak points again seamlessly the goal is that you're doing this in seamless loops and that you're not getting interrupted as you do it mm. because if you do if you get interrupted the boss kind of shakes and like creates this little shock wave that will blast you right off of it and you gotta start over so you can die okay. there is death in this game but it's a very like light death the game doesn't really punish you for it it's not you, like where you got to restart your run kind of no thing. no no so especially with boss battles if you die you just you just restart and you're right there it's really no harm no foul uh you've got a certain amount of shields that you can take hits on mm. i think i'm up to i think the max is six 
I'm trying to like visualize the little thing that tells me how many shields I have. I'm pretty sure it's six. You can have up to max, like I think five or six shields. And just as you take hits, it deducts one shield. Yeah. So if you have no shields and you take a hit, you die. Otherwise you can just replenish your, sh- your shields pretty much anywhere on the map. They're very easy to find. Uh, the boss battles are unfortunately one of the biggest weak points of the game, in my opinion, for a very specific reason. Okay. This whole the whole point of the game is movement and flow and keeping that momentum going. The bosses are set up intentionally as a three strikes and they're dead. So you're going through the motions and you're hitting their weak points in succession to eventually get to the main weak point and do it damage that actually injures the boss. When you do that, when you successfully hit the main weak point and actually do a damage mm-hmm. to the boss, there's a little cutscene. The boss shakes. And it throws you off. And there's no way to not do that. The game forces you off the monster. You land back on the ground. You have to do it all over oh, again. Oh, does it change in any way? It doesn't change. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the circuit kind of changes. So with each progression, the circuit that you're trying to flow through on the boss does get a little bit more difficult. But I hate that it intentionally throws you off throws you back to the ground, and it breaks the momentum. Yeah. It is such an unpleasant feeling when that momentum is intentionally broken, and then you have to start from scratch. Like, it would almost be a thing I could see where it could be better, where, like, it does the same thing. It, like, it throws you off, but then you're able to, like, grab a like, hook back. The thing in, like, is, a timed quick time event. There are parts of the boss battles that do that. Oh. Because as you're flowing through specific boss points, if you, like, hit a specific point, you might temporarily get thrown up into the air because the boss is flipping over Mm -hmm. to reveal more weak points you grapple back onto them that's the whole point so you grapple back onto them and you keep going they built that into the game why didn't they keep it going so that's the thing is that that's so frustrating about it is that they clearly knew that that's what was fun was the staying on the boss and flowing through it and then they chose to break that momentum i hate that zero out of ten for breaking the momentum (laughs) on the bosses so uh, this happened to the extent that i was so annoyed that i set the game to easy mode because i was i was on i was on normal mode and i was like no (laughs) i wanted the boss battles to go faster because i was so annoyed with them so Mm. i was like you know what easy mode and it did make it much easier it's still not like a total walk in the park but it's much easier on easy mode uh normal is actually relatively challenging because the amount of time between when you're able to get to the next weak point again specifically on bosses is very slim Mm. so if you do actually want to challenge and you really want to challenge yourself to maintain optimized momentum go with normal or hard mode it actually is a little bit harder but i was like no I'm not doing this. Easy mode for me. I just want to have a good time. I just want to skate around and have fun. So that's the boss battles. Unfortunately, the worst part of the game. Would not recommend the boss battles. Yeah. But the rest of it is really fun. One of the other things that I think is really interesting about it, and this really kind of didn't start to build up until... It started in about the second mission, but then it really ramped up in the third one, is Mm -hmm. that the story of the game does eventually start to unfold itself, because after you kill each boss, Rey is kind of transported to this other, like, alternate dimension for reasons she does not understand, and you've seen it in the trailers, she's being confronted by this gigantic, kind of half- like half in in terms of size, like this partial humanoid thing that's very, very gigantic that actually looks kind of like a Void Runner. Like Mm. it's shaped a lot like Rey is, Uh, but it has a giant needle through its heart and Uh it's clearly actively bleeding, but it can talk and it talks to Rey and it's like, ugh, you again. (laughs) Like it's clearly very mad at you and you're like, why? What's what did I do to you? Why is this thing so mad? Other than the fact that you have a big needle in you that looks like the needle I mean, I'm holding. So, so you're tiny. So yeah. Ray is tiny in these interactions and like fits in the palm of this thing's hand. I think the thing is called Echo, which mm. is why I was thinking about Echo earlier. But Echo's like, blah, 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 you know, just like really riffing on you, but won't explain what's happening because sure. it's part of the story. It's part right. of the fun Gotta narrative. Got to uncover those secrets later. So there's just these little short interactions between Ray and this thing that maybe is the Ultra Void. You're not really sure. Maybe it just lives in the Ultra Void. Yeah. What's happening you're not really sure and then it'll crush you in its hand and then you're flung back out into the ultra void so it's just sort of this really kind of surrealist experience that uh, slowly unravels around you 
very, very would strongly recommend that you actually bother to find Void Runner caches. Okay. So this is the in-game collectible, and it's really kind of the only collectible. So throughout the maps, you can find different Void Runner caches, which were left behind by specific Void Runners. These are really well done because it's basically just a little collectible that's at a weird part of the map that you probably have to think a little bit harder about how to get there. Sure the light puzzling aspect or they're just hidden and you really have to explore to find them uh they are really really well voiced each cache is basically a voice recording from the void runner that left it behind mm. and they're fully voice acted like for their little journal entry good voice acting nice i would say that every character in the game except ray mm. i thought oops sorry <laughs> i thought i thought added a lot of character to who they were playing and made it really fun i yeah. really liked finding the caches Plus, if you find all of them in a specific part of the map that were all left by the same person, you slowly acquire pieces of that Void Runner's armor, Ooh, and then you get a new armor set. That's cool. They don't look that radically different, but they do different stuff, so they have different nice. abilities. So, fun time, love the caches. They are also really the only other way that you understand the story of the game. Okay. There are a very small handful of other NPCs in the game. One of them is called, oh, what is her name? It's the best name I've ever heard she's a cat person she's from like a civil <laughs> she's she's from a civilization that ray knows of because she comments on the architecture when she gets there uh -huh. and her name her official name is something different but the name that she signs on her own notes is um something dander paws <laughs> and it's such a cute name i'm just like that's adorable so and so dander paws is probably the cutest cat person name i've ever heard in my life uh so really really enjoyed that the story aspects of the game are very fun but you do have to actively seek them out so if you're just playing the game and going from boss to boss and level to level and you're really not bothering with the caches or with the optional npcs or just with little pieces of um like basically letters that you sure. can find around the map you're not getting the whole picture and i don't think you will have as fun of a time so the story is a big part of it the gameplay honestly take it or leave it i i, I have fun with it i think it's really interesting like the skating aspects mm -hmm. i think it is too easy to again have your flow broken i think the way that the levels are designed is really interesting but it is hard to get a really good head of steam going and then not have to stop because of the way the level is designed yeah so it, it's got some problems it's definitely not a perfect game the boss battles could have been much better organized hate those but for what it is it's a pretty cool indie game I think that it's a good effort by Heart Machine to break out of because Hyperlight Drifter was very, very different. Yeah, uh, I think it was top-down isometric. Yes, and uh, Solar Ash is fully three D. Nice. So it's it's new ground for them, and I think it's a really interesting game. Love the visuals of it. The soundtrack is quite good. I've always heard that about Hyperlight Drifters. Yeah, the soundtrack is I think more minimal than mm. Hyperlight Drifters is, but that's because it's trying to set a very intentional dreamlike tone sure. in the Ultra Void. Fit the setting perfectly nice it also is the only good thing about the boss battles because the boss battles have fun music oh nice like, i'll have to oh, check those okay. out then. yeah so for the most part hate the boss battles but at least the soundtrack is a good is a good part of them you have a good groove going on yeah. while you're trying so, to beat them solar ash really i feel like if you're a fan of unusual indie games and you're looking for a new experience that you probably haven't gotten in another game before give it a shot if that's not really your jam you probably won't have a good time just probably. <laughs> you're probably not gonna have a good time but would recommend nice on sale i got it through a review code full disclosure Ooh, so uh yeah i got it for a review code for imore.com and they were like nobody else wants to play this game do you want to play it and i was like hell yes i do i actually want to play that one nice so uh good game would recommend to some people how, not how, everyone how long do you think it took you oh beat? i think it was well, uh, eight to ten hours oh, nice. it's a okay. short game so, it's yeah. a good little short experience and that was with me actively putting in more time because i was looking for the caches sure. if you weren't looking for those caches that could be a short game like six five six yeah, hours yeah like a five to six I, I even might say it might only be four to five. Oh, interesting it, it okay. can be a very short game and again if you're like trying to speed run it per se i think there's definite potential for that uh but i think it's more fun if you actually take your time and look for the caches and really explore around it's a fun setting the setting is really half of the reason to play the game so mm -hmm. spend some time in it it's a cool it's a cool game nice 
I'm out of breath. Okay. <laughs> well, cool. Thank you for, for thank Ash. you for bringing the review of Solar Ash. But yeah, go check it out. Go check out Solar Ash. And of course, we would love to hear your thoughts on Solar Ash if you have played it. But we'd also like to hear your thoughts on the Game Awards 2021, what you thought of the winners, and of course, what some, were some of your favorite reveals. So let us know by sending us an email at teamchatpodcast at gmail.com or, you know, uh, commenting on wherever you're listening to or watching this episode on our social media. Join our Discord and talk about it with us there. We'd love to hear from you but until next time everybody i am one of your hosts Jarrett wilson joined across the table by rachel Mogan. adios we'll see you all next time